Welcome to The Whole Truth, where two wholesalers help financial professionals build great practices and thrive in a rapidly changing industry. We'll bring you the stories and voices from those on the front lines of this change, and we'll have some fun along the way. This is more than a podcast. We're building a community of financial professionals who are growing, forward-thinking, and want to get better. Thanks for listening and contributing to the discussion. The views expressed herein are those of the participants and not those of Touchstone Investments. And welcome, everybody, to The Whole Truth from the Bay Area, California. I am Steve Side. And from Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Kurt Dupuy. We're going to have to set this one up. There's a lot going on here. So first, let's talk about our guest, who I have been trying to get him on this show since we started it because he's so innovative. He's so curious. And I couldn't find – I never found like just a natural fit. But I think Steve and I both said after talking to him that he'll he'll be a recurring guest because he was great. he's just doing so many – so many cool things that it's actually tough to keep track of. But his name is Brian Doe, and he is probably, I think he's the first client I ever talked to when I came over to Touchstone almost five years ago. And he's had numerous wholesalers at Touchstone, and he's stuck around for all these years. Just a great, thoughtful guy. But something that came to a head several weeks ago was this Colby test, Colby assessment that we had been introduced to through Dax, who's been on the show a couple of times, and he spoke so highly of it. I was like, well, we got to look into this thing more. And I mentioned to it, to, to Brian over a lunch, and he's like, oh, I've been using Colby for 20 years. So he's a great guy, lives over on Lake Oconee, has a very robust history with this. And he uses this with prospective hires, current team members. He even uses it with his wife and clients. So he really likes this assessment and and the insight it provides him. So before we jump into the chat with him, I thought it might be appropriate to, to talk about what this Colby assessment is. And so if you think of the brain, there's there's kind of three parts to the mind and how we how we work as humans. One is the cognitive. That's how we think. The second is the effective or how we feel about things. But the third, which Colby measures, and I'm not sure there's any other assessment out there that measures this, is, is the conative part of our brain, which is how we do things. So there's four modes that Colby measures, and I'll try to briefly describe each one, each of them so, so the audience isn't completely lost. But the first is fact finder. And this is pretty straightforward. I am a middle of the road fact finder. I'm a five. Side, what were you? Oh, I, like an eight? I actually not like an eight. I was an eight. You are an, an eight, which means side wants all the facts, all the information, all the time, which as a CFA charter holder may not surprise you. I'm a five, which means I might be able to be a good translator between an eight and a two, but I'm somewhere in the middle. Like I, I like having enough information to be dangerous, but don't need to know everything. The second mode is follow through, or maybe better described is it's how you would organize or design something. This surprised me. I thought, side, you would have a bit higher score. What were you on that one? Three. And and I'm I'm a two, so I, I'm I'm not the guy. I guess we are not the guys you would hire to like build out some elaborate system. That's not that's not my forte. The third mode is quick start which is just how you deal with risk and uncertainty. Do you need to you know, eliminate all risk about something before you jump feet first? Or are you okay taking some risk and being dropped in the middle of a cocktail party and then and just making it up as you go? I scored very, very high on that one, which also might not surprise you. I scored a nine. What was yours on that one side? Six. So I you was also six. on the high. 
that's yeah. on 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 the, on the high end. So it it which says as salespeople who are put into situations that we don't control, we just kind of have to adapt. Makes a lot of sense. High adaptability for for quick starters. And the last, don't get caught up in the terminology, but I'll explain it. But this is called implement. This is just how you deal with space and tangible objects. Like if you were a mechanic or an engineer that likes to construct and deconstruct things, you would have a high score on the implementer side. What were you on this one? Eight, three, six, three. So three. Three. So a low implementer like me, I think I was exactly a three as well, which means okay with the big picture ideas. We don't need to physically see an example of what you're talking about. So those are the four modes that Colby measures. And and again, it measures your your cognitive abilities. So when you think of the application about this, like there's there's numerous, like one is just introspection, right? I did, there's going to be so many things. And Sid and I did this at the same time, just a few days ago. And we're like, wow, this fits us to a T, or at least that's what I was thinking. But when we talk to Brian, you'll hear that he has used this with prospective hires. He has used this with clients. So he is a low fact finder. So people that would just completely zap his energy, wanting to know all the facts, like you side, might not be <laughs> the best client for, for someone like him. He uses it with his wife and he's used it in, in multiple instances in his life. So we have had um, a lot of fun with this. And I think we're going to be hearing a lot more about Colby and what it can do for you and your team. But it's all about understanding how people work and reducing friction and maximizing productivity. Yeah. And so we're starting with this conversation. And as Kurt alluded to, we had that initial training, but then we're going to actually do a three-day certification program in January. And our goal is to be able to come and help you guys with your teams to do these types of assessments. There's really some amazing applications here for for individuals, small teams, working with clients, as you'll hear from Brian, next gen. So all kinds of great applications here. So we're going to transition to our interview with Brian. But before we do, I want to highly encourage everyone, please, wherever you're listening to this, please subscribe to the show. Please rate the show. It helps us get our numbers up. Everything's better when uh, when we get more subscribers. So go ahead and please do that for us. And right now we're going to transition to our interview with Brian Doe. This is The Whole Truth. Stick with us. All right. Well, we are excited to welcome my good friend and fellow Colby guy, Mr. Brian Doe. Welcome to the show, Brian. Oh, great to be here. Thanks for having me. So this episode is the confluence of so many different conversations. Uh, we had a couple conversations with a guy named Dax who was like big into Colby. And then Side and I started going down this path of researching that more and seeing if it's something we wanted to pursue. And I brought it up at lunch with you a few weeks ago and you're like, oh yeah, I've been using Colby for 20 years. Yeah. So we thought what would be fun is to use us as kind of as guinea pigs but lean into your experience using it and just sort of decode this a bit. And so we want to tell people what it is, how mm-hmm. it, it works, but most importantly, how you use it with your team to, to, to navigate the personalities and how people work within your team. Yeah, sure. So I've, I've been using Colby for almost 20 years. I think it's like 18 or 19 years. Found it in a coaching program. I was a, a participant in Dan Sullivan's strategic coach program. Great program if you're serious about growing your business and improving your quality of life. But they, the first thing they had us do was the Colby. So that that was my introduction to it. 
They didn't really tell us what it was or how to interpret it. We just arrived with our score. We all had our name tag on with our Colby score across the bottom. And very quickly, you know, we learned how to tell a lot about a person just by their Colby score. So while today I, I've been using it for a long time, I am not an expert on Colby. So I do not have the whole truth. <laughs> but I am here as a testament to how easy this tool is to use for your personal life, for your team life, for your clients. And we can talk about all the different applications. Well, and, you know, peeling back the onion a little bit, Side and I are not going to be, I mean, ex experts, I feel like it's a, it's a lofty goal, but we're, we're going to get trained on the Colby process and the certification so that Perfect. we can help empower our, our clients and prospects with this because it's, so it's such a powerful tool. We just did our Colby tests, which so mm -hmm. Colby A assessment, it's 36 questions, maybe where at each question there's four options and you rate the the option you feel most like and mm -hmm. least like is is the best answer for you and yep. so that's how this um that's how this comes about so let's start with your score Brian what's what's your score and let's talk let's use this as a way to introduce kind of the four different criteria okay so i am a 3368 and if you look at the four different categories, uh, fact finder, follow through, quick start, and implementor, this automatically tells me right off the bat, I'm a low fact finder, which means I'm not, my, my strength is not in gathering information, getting lots of detail. I'm an executive summary guy. I need the bottom line. I don't need a ton of information to move ahead, but I do need to find people that can keep me out of trouble make sure I don't uh, break any rules or laws compliance wise. And so I may want to pair with a higher fact finder. So if we have some research to be done or, or background to be found, that, that's where Colby very quickly tells me more about myself. And it kind of liberated me in a way because I, I had done an MBA. I'd done the certified financial planner designation. I'd, I had done all these academic pursuits, but they were quite difficult for me. I didn't have the... The, the mental energy necessarily to really enjoy doing those. And so I was thinking about doing a CFA or do I go back and do advanced degrees? Well, right off the bat, that liberated me from saying that, that's, that's not my strength. That's, that's not my, where I need to be spending my time. I can be more productive in other things. Follow through is the other one that, and especially in our business, you need good systems, good follow-up, good, you know, keep good records, obviously compliance, but I'm very inclined to not create and maintain <laughs> systems. So I go hire all, you know, eight, nine uh, follow throughs because I, I need people to run those kinds of things in, in my business and keep me on track. And I guess I just assumed because you tend to have you approach things very methodically, like, like a CFP, right? Like you very methodically. Sure. So I guess I just assumed that you were like a systems guy, but not so much a systems guy. No, no. no. And, and I, I'm, I'm very curious. If I'm genuinely interested in it, then I can spend more time. I do have more energy finding out the details, but I'm also ready to go. I'm ready to launch tomorrow, yesterday kind of thing. And and so, yeah, the, the quick start, and, and I'll, I'll make a comment. Once, once I got your score, Steve, I've, I've not seen your 
Colby score yet, so we'll get to that, I'm sure. Yeah. But when I saw Kurtz, I'm like, oh, this is why we get along. You're an off-the-chart <laughs> quick start, and we love new ideas and changing things up. I don't, you know, status quo can go out the window. We And, and that's in large part why you've got this podcast. You, I, I don't know many other wholesalers that would have championed actually starting a, a podcast like this. And I, I've been doing the same thing with my business for a couple of years. And we just launched it, did it, tried it, and, and learned how to make it better and, and, and more engaging over time. But let me just make one last point about the, the, yeah. the, the quick start score. So being a high quick start, you're you you're you're going to take action. You're going to start new things and 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 try new things. And those those people have a lower risk aversion, you know, to to experimenting and trying things. But your low quick start scores, those people are your stabilizers. They're they're the ones that keep things intact and keep things you know as maybe they should be in some cases. And so I have a couple of very low. Uh, quick start team members that, but I said, we have a gap here. You've got very low quick start scores. I have a, you know, not a super high one, but a relatively high one. Here's where I'm going to drive you crazy. I'm going to be doing, I'm going to constantly be changing things up. I'm going to be adding stuff to the to-do list and we're going to have some to-dos that never get done. With no and, process associated with it. <laughs> no, no process associated with it. It, But it's okay to let some of these ideas die. Don't don't feel like they have to be done. And so we're, we're able to avoid some conflict by being very upfront and, and knowing what our different cognitive strengths are uh, and how we're, we're wired to approach things. So good for... You and then very good for adding to or improving communication with your team. And then the, the Brian, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here with with a couple of questions. I know we're interrupting you as you're going through this, but there, there's these things like on the tip of my tongue I want to ask you. So let me do these three questions. The first question is, did your score surprise you? It doesn't sound like it did. It sounds like you took your score. And you go, yeah, that's me. It was that the experience with you, or did anything surprise you? I I think overwhelmingly, when you complete those questions, you know, if if you overthink it, you can spend a lot more time on it. But if you buzz through them, go with your first instinct. When you get that report back, it's incredibly va- uh, validating, and it you read the report and you're like, oh my gosh, that's me. But it also it also shed light on why I had trouble with organized systems, status quo type of thinking. It, it just always, I was trying to fit myself into some you know, systems or programs that I just wasn't really wired well for. And, you know, you can't avoid those altogether, obviously. You still, you still have to do compliance. You have to do continuing education. You have to, you know, follow all the laws and rules, get all the paperwork uh, correct. But you can be far more productive if you can find a good team member that you divide and and focus on these strengths. So that answers Excellent. your question. And yeah, absolutely. And the one other point with it sounds like you know a, a practical application of this is you've proactively searched out a team that balances you. Is what I'm hearing. Is that oh, this is the first state? thing? I I don't do an interview until they've done the Colby. So if, oh, if I no have somebody, if, if somebody is interested in working with me, I send them a link to the Colby test. And until they complete it, we don't even really talk. Wow. 
That is really interesting. Like if I was trying to hire somebody for, you know, maybe the, the paperwork, steady Eddie, keep everything in order kind of a, a role, and I saw Kurt's Colby. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't even take the call. <laughs> I, I love you, Kurt, but we're, we're not even going to have the first interview on that one. Steady Eddie <laughs> is not my MO. <laughs> right. But if I need somebody that's going to shake it up, innovate, reimagine, create something new, go experiment, try, you know, then that that's the kind of person you're, you're looking for. You don't want somebody that's going to spend forever researching and making sure they have all the information they need before they can move ahead, right? So you, you can get, what I see are people who are a lot alike on the Colby tend to think, hey, let's, we'd make great team members. You, you love this and you, I love this and let's, let's go. And then you're quick starting all over the place and nobody's getting anything done. Nothing right. ever gets finished. And, and so you, likewise, if you have a lot of high fact finder, high follow throughs working with you or working on a team, they can never get enough information to satisfy themselves to actually then launch this new initiative, try this new program, and then nothing gets done. So you 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 can use this. This this is something that would typically cause tension, but you can actually use it to move things uh, forward better and faster. I, I've been able to use the Colby to engineer this so that I'm really optimized to enjoy what I'm doing day to day. I'm doing the things that I'm, I'm best at and I've gotten all the stuff I don't like or it, to the extent that I can, I've gotten things that I don't like out of my life and somebody else is handling them. So I, I derailed you a little bit as you were going through your score. So again, we've got the four pieces here, fact finder, follow through, quick start and, and refresh your numbers on those. Three, three, six. So three three would say this is something that I'm not is low not fact a finder, strong point for me, right? Follow, no, no, no. Okay, so so let, let me let me just stop you right there. And to Kurt's point, yeah, it's not that this is a strong or a weak point. It just is. Is it good that I can make a decision based on a, a small amount of information, or is that bad? It's neither. Yeah, good point. I mean, you, it depends on good the situation. Point. And is it good that I'm uh, prone to changing things, or that I, or that somebody's a stabilizer? It's neither good nor bad. It just is. And in different circumstances, those those cognitive strengths can can work to your advantage. But this is not a personality test. This is not an IQ test. Let me let's let's make that distinction, because. Am I an introvert or an extrovert? Am I likable or am I un not likable? Am I an agreeable has person or am I? With any of has that. nothing to do with yep. all that stuff. But I've I've interacted with the DISC assessment. I've done the Myers Briggs. I've done all those. Those those just seem so complicated. I could never make sense of them, and I felt like I'd have a PhD in psychology to to really figure out what to do with them. Whereas Colby, as soon as I did it, I read my report. It was very validating. I was like, oh, this this is really cool. And then you, you do a couple of sessions of what do the scores mean and how do you pair them together? And all of a sudden, man, you're up and running with this thing in in, in no time. And so I'll, I'll close the loop for you here, Steve. The, the, the final score is the implementor. And that's it's a bit of a misnomer because I think people think of it, it as is. implementing. And it really yeah. has to do with tangible implements. Are you a conceptual person or are you a like a tangible tools kind of person. Ah. And so uh, Kurt, 
we could probably give him an idea of something. He could imagine it and he could make a decision on buying a new car or taking a trip somewhere. Whereas me, I've got to get my hands on it. I, I could never buy a car over the internet. I have to, when I sit in it though, I'm like, this is it. This is the right one. And, and so this, this plays out in my hobbies, Okay, I like making pizzas and cooking. I like gardening. I like photography and travel. All very tangible. Do jujitsu with with my girls in the spare time. So these are all very physical activity, tangible in the world kind of things. And so I have to do something with that energy because a lot of that does not get used in financial services. Now, I do love doing presentations. I do love teaching and getting a group together and and you know, not so much lecturing but just uh, you imparting knowledge being the subject matter expert if you looked at personality I'm 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 tend a little more towards introvert than extrovert if you dropped me into the cocktail party and made me network I don't like that but I can get up and draw you pictures and charts, diagrams, and, and different models. So it's it, you can learn how to use these strengths anywhere in you know, personal life or business. Thank you for asking that question, because when yeah. I asked you if it felt like you, I, I saw this and I go, I'm not sure that is me, because when I looked at Implementer, I only scored a three on that, and I feel like I am an Implementer, yeah. but it was focused on those... Yeah, but you were focused on tangible things, which I'm not. Like I, I, I'm, I'm not building anything. I'm not. That's yep. not who I am. So that's interesting. Thank you for clarifying so, that. For so, me. What, while we're on the the subject of you, what is your Colby score on those four categories? Eight three six three. So even follow through, yeah. I didn't score where I thought. That surprised I would. me the most on you. I thought you would have yeah. a way higher follow through score. So that that Colby is a what they would call a strategic planner. You, you, you go gather a good amount of information. You've got this uh, it, itch to go innovate and, and do new things, but you probably have good people around you that, that keep the systems going. And generally, you don't, you don't have to expend a lot of this, this tangibles, hobbies kind of energy. You, you, you're more of a conceptual uh, person. Yeah, that's about right. I, I, I'll tell you, I was surprised. Kurt, we can get into your score. I thought Kurt and I were going to score completely different. I thought we'd be the inverse of each other because yeah. our, because uh, so, but that that's effective, right? Like our our emotive, the way we communicate, our personalities, I think are are a yin and a yang. We've we've talked about that numerous times, but that's why this is so different. That this that has nothing to do with this. This is how we work. So if you have a problem and you're tackling that problem. What's the, for, for you, it's research. You're a high fact finder. You're going to mm -hmm. go find out everything. I am, I'm in the middle with fact finding. So I want to know enough to be dangerous, but I have a super high quick start. So I want to learn the basics. And then I just want to jump in both feet first. And, and um, you, Kurt, when, when I listened to some of your previous podcasts, you refer to your half-baked ideas, your, <laughs> you, you started Johnny a object syndrome, <laughs> you, you started a, a garage band off of a listserv in your neighborhood. I mean, you just, you just come up with an idea and, and you want to do it. And, and you know, there True are, story. there are a lot of people that would just hesitate, overthink it, uh, overanalyze it. And, and not want to make that change. So you, you, you can definitely see, once you know someone's Colby, you can actually just watch it play out. 
so the implementer, that fourth category, I'm with you, Steve, like that's the hardest to wrap your head around because, and I think the, a, a word that I heard used that was different than implementer was just demonstrate. Like, do yes. you like demonstrating? Mm-hmm. Do you not like demonstrating with, with your hand? And Brian, I can remember one of the, probably the last launch when we were talking about this, I started noticing when you do explain things, like you move your napkin, you'll move, like get a, get a pen and uh, you live on, on Lake Oconee and we were talking about the lake and, but you had to pull out your phone had to pull and out show the map, me physically show <laughs> where we were talking about different spots on the lake. So that right. high demonstrating or that high mm-hmm. implementer yep. made so much more sense after going through the Colby and, and seeing the numbers on a page. Yeah. And so and when you look at numbers on a page or you're dealing with portfolios and client concepts, yeah, I'm always drawing pictures and I, I, I cannot talk without... I mean, like, look right here. I've got yeah, my, the notepad. <laughs> my, my notepad and I'm, I'm jotting down all these things and drawing diagrams. And, and, and I'd like to convey things in a demonstrable way that's 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 interactive. Some people are more conceptual. They don't they don't need to see the pictures, charts, graphs, models and things. And, and, and a model could be a spreadsheet like you, you could build a spreadsheet. That's 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 kind of implementer in action. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's where you see it. So uh, the practical application in your personal life, uh, has your wife done the Kobe A and have oh, you all talked ab- about it? Absolutely. So I am a higher quick start and implementer, as we discussed, and my wife is a moderate fact finder, higher follow through. She's a higher follow through. So for everybody looking for peace in the valley and harmony in their relationships, <laughs> this was a great tool. It was early in my our marriage, just third, second or third year into being married. And I was like, oh, that's why she's always griping because I'm not on time. I'm five minutes late to everything. I don't care what the schedule is. I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And, and so we've met in the middle. And she runs the kids' calendars and the social calendar, and she tells me when and where to be there. She's learned to lie to me and tell me to be there 30 minutes ahead of when, <laughs> when something's going to happen. You're that person in the relationship. <laughs> yeah. And, and so where this – you would have this potential point of conflict, and, and I think I started to say this earlier about the quick start. If you're more than about four points apart with someone else, that can be a source of conflict. So – identifying that early and saying, hey, here's where I'm going to drive you crazy. Here's where we're going to get sideways. Or I'm going to give you your space to, you know, do do this. And I'll come to these events on time. But on vacation, we're, you know, we're throwing the calendar out the window and, and all that kind of stuff. So, it, it yeah, I've, I've used it in uh, personal life as well. I can't wait. When Becky comes home tonight to go, I have these series of questions that you're going to answer. (laughs) (laughs) So that dynamic that you described is very helpful for two-person relationships. But when you think of teams, I think there's also value in those people in the middle. Mm-hmm. So across all of these modes. So think of a fact find. So I'm a, I'm a middle of the road fact finder. Mm-hmm. So what that could potentially mean is I could be a good translator f- between a high fact finder and low finder, you know, like high fact finder, slow down. We, we've got mm-hmm. plenty of information, executive summary, 
maybe maybe I can give you a little bit more than that and meet in the middle. So again, like you're you're likely not going to be a high or a low number with any of these categories. There's value with being in the middle. Same thing with with quick start. Like maybe you're the person that says, well, maybe we don't just jump on every idea that we ever have ever. And uh, <laughs> right. use use some information to, to to put a little bit of a process, but not a full process, you know. So mm-hmm. there's value with being in the middle. So it, don't expect your scores to be high or low in any category. There's value with being in the middle. Yeah, and, and high or low is a bit of a again of a miss. Like like if we want to score high on a exam, it's it's because you need. There's not really a high or low here, but but it, it just it, it just is an indicator of where you naturally have strengths in these four areas. And and then yeah to to the high fact finder, we created what I call a rabbit cage, and we every crazy idea I have we just drop it in the rabbit cage, and one day when I get all my other projects caught up and we're looking for something new, we can go pull something out of the rabbit the repository. cage. Repository. That's excellent. <laughs> can you clarify one thing to me with regards to the team? So I thought that was a really great point you made about how you hire. And having people on the team that balance you, you know, what Kurt and I can envision doing when we get certified is going to teams and giving this assessment. What happens Mm -hmm. if you find that teammates are alike and there isn't balance? How do you handle that situation? Well, I've only ever really had bad experiences that ended up not working out when there was a mismatch on the Colby. Okay, so I was, I was at Merrill Lynch for nine years, and you you got all these you know producers that were all gung ho, and we like I said with Kurt, we sort of feed off of each other's energy, and we want to go do these things, and so hey, let's partner up, and then you find out you know we don't like I said you don't have people to come in and finish things or you know make repeatable systems, or you want to go this way and I want to go this way, and there becomes conflict. And, and it just ends up breaking apart was, was overwhelmingly what happened. I would bet you if you went into most functional teams, you would find there's maybe by accident, there's probably a good match of these different skill sets or somebody is tolerating a lot of suffering, one or the other. <laughs> well, I, th- I think part of this is it's, it's a tool to measure f- friction so you can get in front of it or or give you the tools to deal with that friction because it's you know it's okay to have different strengths but maybe using different language or maybe the division of labor has to change a, a mm-hmm. little bit I, I think you can hopefully what we'll eventually get to is being able to give tools for people that are they're already locked into the team they already have very divergent scores but I'm sure there's there's tools for sorting well, or, out people that have different scores. Yeah, no doubt. But I think if most people are in growth mode, obviously over time there's turnover. I think having a handle on Colby gives you an indication of you know, maybe this is this part of the the business isn't working as well. So maybe that's our next hire. Maybe we bring in a consultant that is a hive follow through to help us create some systems. There's, there's a lot of different ways to apply it that just, just because you, you know, if you're a two person team and you've got similar Colby's that that's not, you know, doesn't automatically mean it's a bad thing. I tend to see ones that are like, if you have a lot of high fact finder, high, high follow throughs, they tend to get along better than two quick starts that want to go in dramatically different directions all the time. So, yeah, there's there's probably combos that work just fine. And if anything, 
I think it gives you an indicator of, hey, maybe a, a part-time person, a virtual assistant, or a consultant. You know, we, we can bring these the skill set in where we need it and not have to go out and hire whole new people. I, I, I can give you a couple of examples of, of how you could use this with clients. Sure. So let me give you a couple other examples. We've talked about using this personally and on your own team and, and understanding how your team members think. But I've, I've actually cold-beat clients before. And this oh, is a wow. very helpful, once you've done a few of them, again, you'll start to spot what different characteristics there are. So you're not, you may not have to cold be everyone. You may want to, though. It could be a great client building activity that you could shed light on them, their relationship with their spouse, all those things that we talked about. But if I have a client or a prospective client who is a super high fact finder, I'm never going to be able to give that person enough information. They're, they're going to come in and they're going to want more and more. And I, I had one guy who was an engineer, <clears throat> retired, you know, had $5 million. I think he just kind of wanted to go around and brag about how much money he had. But <laughs> he wanted, he, he came in and he had read and studied and he, he basically had his, you know, financial planner background. And, and I asked myself, well, how, how exactly can I help you? I, I said, look, it sounds like you already you know, know all this stuff. Oh, no, no, he, he, he downplayed it. But then he wanted me to read this 40-page Morningstar white paper on gamma. And, and I was just like, <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. I, I'm re- Good, good. Best of luck to you. You know, enjoy your search, but I am not your guy. Tap out. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a 40 page research paper. Let me know your thoughts on this. I'm like, yeah, you're not even a client yet. We're just, we're, we're going to part ways right here. So then if you have somebody who is a high implementer or you know, gifts, handwritten cards, you know, all these tangible things can, can, and how you communicate oh, with these different. that's a good one. That's really, really good. Yeah. yeah so, so conceptual versus tangible, you know, so who wants who, who wants a electronic birthday card versus who would be, you know, like uh, appreciate a good handcrafted, you know, one of these nice cards that all the scrapbookers do. And, you know, so, so you can do different things based on people's uh, Colby scores. But the, the fact finder is a big one for me, because if, if somebody is a super high fact finder, we're just going to they're just going to wear me out. And, and I've learned to tap out of those before they be, actually become wow. clients. And then I use my Colby. I, I love, you know, rock crawling in Jeeps out in Utah. And so I, I've figured out who my clients are that do that. And so I do events, I have events where I'm taking clients out and we're, you know, we rent Jeeps and go out west and, and do stuff. And and one of, one of my clients called up and he said, I'm looking at a the sprinter vans, a conversion, you know, to make it for kind of a travel and, and, you know, camping, exploring type of a vehicle. He says, can I afford it? I said, I'll, I'll, I'll identify my conflict of interest here up front. The answer, first of all, is yes, you can definitely afford it. And two, once you get it macked up and usable, you have to share it and let, and let me use it as well. <laughs> you can lean towards the people that you connect with, resonate with. I have a lot of clients who are radiologists. And and so I love going to the hospitals and going to the reading rooms and they're showing me the scans and they're talking about the surgeries they're innovating and all this stuff. High and implementer. They're high implementers. Yeah. So mm-hmm. those, you, you, you can bring engineers versus uh, radiologists. I'm going to, I'm going to, 
get along with the radiologist most all day long. And the engineers, I, I can't ever provide them enough information. I get tired before they do. That is a great contrast. Yeah. I, I am absolutely blown away. I knew you used it. Kurt was telling me about, you know, with your team and stuff, but the way you do it with your clients, that is just incredible. Do you do it for all your clients? Is it just a certain tier of the book? Like how many of your clients have taken Colby? So that's your structural question side. So you're assuming he's got a process for that? <laughs> like I want to know, like, is it, is it half the book? You know, is it? There is was it one like a... month that he ran it for 20 people and then he hasn't done it again in two years. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> right? Yeah. You nailed it. But I speak but, that language. But I do, having done it, you, you see and can tell what, what, what people tend to be. And, and here's another practical application. I've used it with, and, and I got this idea from Maria Forbes. She's up there in Atlanta. And she works with putting together, she does some Medicare, Medicare planning and, and team building type stuff. Or, or I, I paired her up with a Medicare specialist, but she creates family care teams and she'll Colby the whole family. And so when mom has slips and falls or, you know, something happens, who's going to be the first person to hop in their car and show up and get them huh. to the hospital and take them to the doctor's appointments? That's me. I'm the high implementer. I'm, I'll be there. You need me. I'll show up. But I am not going to go through the insurance policy and figure out what all the details are about what's covered and what's not covered and keeping up with you know, receipts and submitting payments. But there is somebody in the family who will. And, and so you can assign a family care responsibility based on people's Colby so that there's better harmony in the family. Mom and dad get taken care of better. And so it, it, it's a very powerful tool and it's super easy to use. It's 50 bucks to to Colby somebody, it's it's a fairly nominal cost in my opinion. I've done it with interns. I've done it with, like I said, clients, new hires, and and uh, even family members. So can't can't recommend it enough. That's so many more examples than I even expected to go with. So the practical applications. So first of all, introspection. Right, it teaches you a lot about mm. you. Yep. Secondly. You're before you hire great part of, of the hiring process to Colby people before you even take a phone call to put them on the team. But then thirdly, the people that are on your team do it, run a Colby on them. Yeah. It's never find too ways late. to decrease the friction and increase the, the, the productivity and heck even, even do it with clients to, to find out who you, who you might jive with, who you don't, what, how to communicate to certain types of clients versus others. Some some may want the diagrams and some may just wear you out with needing too much information. So many awesome applications for this. This is an awesome, awesome chat. That this, I think this is just going to be the the intro to Colby for for our community because I think Side and I, so high quick start over here. We're, we're, we're jumping in feet I, first. I, I, I think Side wants to think about it and do some more research on it before he moves ahead. <laughs> but, uh, He's going to need that 40-page Morningstar report before he right, makes right, a decision. Right. <laughs> no, if, if you're going to offer this uh, or, or help teams with this, I mean, by all means, do you develop your familiarity with this. Check out Colby. If you guys become gurus in it and can help some people, I, I think that this is one of the cheapest, easiest, most valuable tools that, that you can use for building a team. Three of my favorite adjectives. Cheap, easy, useful. <laughs> there <Boom>. you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian, thanks for coming on today and, and helping educate us a little bit on Colby. And I'm sure this will help foster many conversations in the future. I have no doubt. I hope so. 
Stick with us when we come back. We'll have the Costanza Corner. And we're back with our George Costanza Corner. Kurt, you have something for us today. I do. And I'm, I'm going to try not to get emotional on this one, but this, this stuff wow. kind of eats me up. So there was a boy, his name is Abraham, and he had a pretty rare blood disease. And you're familiar with the organization Make-A-Wish, which yes, comes in and gives uh, you know terminally ill kids a, a last wish. Really cool experience. Instead of doing something cool, like going to a Super Bowl or uh, something selfish, he decided to use that money to pay for the meals of homeless people for a year. Wow. Uh, it's amazing. Which this kid's 12 years old. And so oh I'm trying to, God. I'm trying to think of myself as a 12 year. I mean, all I was doing was playing sports and thinking about myself. I can't imagine being so thoughtful and self-aware to be thinking about others, to be given this gift that's so special and just being like, no, I'm going to give it to other people instead. So just think about someone like the worst time in their life, but still thinking about others, that gets me choked up. Uh, you know, ha- having kids, like I, I feel like this, those are the kind of kids you want to raise, um, even though I'm, yeah. I'm probably not that kind of person. But knowing that those kids actually exist in real life and not just uh, a, a standard bearer to, to be out there, I think it was really cool. Well, you did something. I know this story is pretty profound because you you left me uh, left me speechless. I don't really know how to respond to that other than to say, what a wonderful individual. Yeah. What else can you say but than that? It costs nothing to be to be good. So be good. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next time. You can find the whole truth and subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. We'd love it if you took the time to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It helps others find the show. And for more episodes of The Whole Truth, go to www.touchstoneinvestments.com slash the whole truth. That's touchstoneinvestments.com slash the whole truth. All one word. Please note that this content was created as of the specific date indicated and reflects views as of that date. It will be kept solely for historical purposes and opinions may change without notice in reacting to shifting economic, market, business, and other conditions. Touchstone funds are distributed by Touchstone Securities Incorporated, a registered broker-dealer and member FINRA and SIPC. 